let's get the party started. Oh, baby! <laughs> when was the last time you shit your pants? You think I'm a goddamn fool? I shit my pants last night. It's a beautiful planet. Well, it's a moon. Fur. Sure. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Put that in your fucking pocket. What's up, everybody? Josh from the Clearing Waivers Podcast coming at you for another week of the Clearing Waivers Podcast. Hope your week was really, really good. We are all doing great. We're not going to check in on the co-hosts. We don't care. Um, tonight, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, mainly, we did a great interview. We thought it was great, but we uh, we really appreciated our interview with Lynn Worthy of the Kansas City Star. Uh, he's a recurring guest now. So, um, obviously, a friend of the show status has been achieved for Lynn congratulations to lynn for doing that but we really really appreciate him coming on really good interview with him gave us some good insights on what to expect from the royals this season uh and then uh maybe some future insights of what's going on uh, beyond 2021 uh so we really appreciate him stick around for that interview after the interview we're going to get just shenanigans just do one because we had a great interview i said it again great interview um but we're going to jump right into it here right after this from our sponsors we're clearing the waiver. We're back, and tonight we have recurring guest, which means technically friend of the show, uh, Lynn Worthy from the Kansas City Star, uh, beat writer, follows the Kansas City Royals. Uh, you can check him out at kcstar.com or over at Twitter at Lworthy Sports on Twitter. Lynn, we really, really appreciate you coming back on with us. We didn't scare you off, apparently, so that's always good. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we we got some uh, some fun nuggets from you, including some Bruno Mars stories and stuff. So we uh, we we were like, well, we got to get Lynn back on to to get his takes on the the new uh, Bruno Mars and uh, uh, the new Silky Sound song or whatever that that that's some baby making music right there. Facilitating, I think, is what you said last time. <laughs> Yeah, that you know, I, I I'm still not sure where I fall on that one. Like it's you know, it's Bruno, so I'm not I'm 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 in favor of it. It's just not at the top of my list right now. I'm sure, like, sure, you know, sure, sure. It's okay, you know, it's okay. It's not like I've I've heard better from Bruno, but it's okay. You know, I yep. got nothing against it. I got nothing against it. You know, I think that's a that's a pretty solid review. I think that's that's probably where I fall as well. I'll I'll uh, allow it because it's Bruno. Yeah, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. That's right. That's right. It's Bruno. So you know. Well, we had to get you back on, obviously talk a little bit Royals here uh, so we could jump right into it here. Earlier this week, we did see Bobby Witt Jr. demoted, I believe it was on Monday, um, along with a couple other uh, flurry of demotions that were kind of big time and kind of uh, irrelevant to this wave of prospects that we got on. It's definitely seemed like the Royals were very torn on the move, it seemed like they were giving him every chance he could possibly have to go win that just starting job or at least to break camp with them and ultimately not uh, uh, getting there, but I don't think it's a big stretch to think that he could be a potential 2021 rookie uh, making his debut. So I think when we kind of talk about it, I think wherever he debuts position, uh, they've talked about him third base, second base, obviously shortstop and that, that uh, lucrative center field is very enticing to me personally. Um, but it, debut seems like it does say a little bit about the future of this Royals roster, so where are you going to put your money's uh, money at as far as where he debuts? And do you think it'll be in 2021? Hmm. Well, usually when, when I'm making predictions like this, I'm using somebody else's money. You know, that's, that's uh, see? I, like see, like I, I, I was on, I, we were, I was on uh, one of the TV shows and Vahe was on there too. And they were like, I forget what the question was, but I was like, oh, if I'm betting Vahe's money, like, I, I, I always, that's always my go-to. It's like, I ain't betting my money. I'm betting somebody just, else's money. Right, right. Just um, sprinkle a little bit so, of everything yeah, if it's Vahe's. That's right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bet somebody else's money. Um, up until probably, like, last month, I probably would have thought third base. Like, I, I was pretty um, – I don't want to say sure, but like that was what I was thinking was it was going to be third base mm-hmm. um, just because I, I thought it was he probably was still going to be like, you know, the better part of a year away. Uh, and I figured by that point, you know, like because we know Dozier's back there this year, but I was like, we've already seen them move him and move him, you know, multiple yep. times. So and the fact that, you know, last year he got looks at third base like it was, you know, in the alternate, not the alternate, like the um, summer camp, spring training 2.0. 
Yep. There was, you know, him next to Mondesi at third um, was a look that we got a couple of times. And then I know from talking to JJ Piccolo that they, they were like specifically making sure they got him some looks at third base in the alternate site. I mean, we weren't, obviously we weren't there. And I know he did get a little bit of second there too, but I think the, the way I remember it being phrased was like they were, they, they were making it, making sure they got him some looks at third. Mm-hmm. So like up until, you know, like a month ago, I was thinking third's going to be the spot, you know, it's probably like a year away. Dozier's there for now. And then, you know, depending on what happens, Dozier's not even moving in. It's probably going to just slide into third. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this spring, I mean, they were, they were, pushing him at second, like, you know, they were pushing that hard. So um, that makes me doubt whether that's what, you know. (laughs) Um, Make you question it for sure, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. But I also still feel like there's a path for third still. Yep. Because, um, you know, because if it's – I mean, again, it sort of hinges on second, but I think there's still a path for third because if they decide that, like, you know, it's not going to work with Nikki – they could still just say, okay, well, boom, Witt's going to play second, Doge is going to go to right, and then third is open for Bobby. So yeah. um, I don't know. The fact that, you know, and I think by this point people have probably heard Dayton's interview that he did on the radio the other day, and the fact that he keeps mentioning third right. and that, that that keeps coming up makes me think that maybe that's still the path that, like, you know, like I say, if I'm betting somebody else's money, then maybe that's what I'm betting on is <laughs> right. Um, is that it's going to be third. Um, Dozier doesn't I, have the cleanest bill of health either. I mean, there's a very real uh, alternate path where he gets some kind of lingering issue right, that causes some kind of uh, stint on the IL a little bit. So it kind of makes, I mean, that even makes a little bit more sense, I think. Well, I mean, uh, and I don't know. I mean, last year was sort of that fluky year because, I mean, like the, the thing that kept him on last year was the COVID. And yeah. so, um, I mean, the year, you know, 2019, when he had his career year, um, I mean, he had one IL stint and then there was that stretch where they had him DH and he had like a, a I'm trying to remember what that injury was. It was like a, um, I don't remember if they called it an oblique. It was something in that. I that, wanted to say oblique, a, yeah. Yeah, it was something like that, but I don't know if they called it oblique at least at first. And I remember it wasn't straight right to the DL. Like there was a couple of games yep. where they didn't have them playing the field, just DH. Um, and that's when we saw, I want to say, Goody for the first time, if mm-hmm. I'm remembering right. Um, and so um, and I know he had a year in the minors where he just sort of like he had a bunch of freak things. Like there was a broken nose yes. and there was yep. – uh, um, I can't remember what that was, um, but he missed a shoulder like, in there too. Yeah, it was. It was like three different things. They were all mm-hmm. sort of like not connected, but um, but I don't. I don't think of him as a guy who's like really injury prone. I just you know, um, bad luck. Yeah, and so, but I mean, but I could, but clearly he's the guy. He's him and Witter guys that they're going to move to sort of make yeah. the lineup fit the way they want. So. Um, but they did get him a lot of run at the second, so that's it makes it a, you know a, a clear question. So, Certainly not nothing, um, that's for sure. Yeah. So, I, but so I guess the fact that they I keep coming back to the fact that third still keeps getting mentioned, and he got a lot of work there last year. So I guess if I had to pick one, I'll still go with third, but I'm not overly confident in that. <laughs> okay, that that makes sense. Makes yep. sense. All right. Yeah. So uh, everyone's obviously very jacked up on Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, that's all everyone seems to be talking about as far <laughs> as the next big thing on the Royals. But outside of him, what other rookies do you see that might make a major contribution to this team this year? Um, and I, uh, the pitching is one that I feel like because that's where they've got a lot of talent. Um, I'm just not sure how it's going to play out this year with the, uh, you know, um, with the rotation, because I feel like somebody like Lynch could be um, a candidate for that. Um, but I also don't know how, like, with the innings limits and – or, not, well, they keep on – I'm not even sure if it's going to be an innings limit, but I, I'm just right. not sure how that's going to play out. Um, and I feel like in the field, like, you know, if somebody goes down, depending on who it is and where, I mean – 
I could see somebody like Isbell making an impact in the outfield. If, That's what I like to see. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not um, trying, to, trying to wish any injuries on anybody, but I'm just right. like, if somebody, like if something happens where you got extended period where, you know, you need an outfielder, um, uh, just from the way, I mean, because, you know, we, we speak with Matheny like almost every day and um, the way he talks about Isbell, like he, like it's to the point where, you know, like, Bobby is on like another level, but like he makes sure to mention that <laughs> mention Isabel like almost in that same breath. It's like don't don't right. forget about like you know because everybody wants to ask you know twenty questions about Bobby. Yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> don't don't be forgetting about Isabel. Don't be like, sleeping you know. on Isabel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they like what he can do defensively. They think he can play multiple positions. So I mean, um, this is another one where like I'm not like I'm not sure which <laughs> like if I gotta pick one. Um, I think. I probably still go with Lynch just because I feel like um, there's probably a more clear path for uh, to see him get in there and contribute as a starter this year, um, potentially. And whereas I feel like something else has to happen for Isbell, like, you know, some, you know, injury or something has to happen. Right. Because I mean, that, that, that outfield's pretty much set. And you have all the guys you can plug in, like if you needed to put Dozier out there, if you need, uh, you know, and obviously Dyson's going to be your extra guy. And then, I mean, then I'm still not sure if they're going to, how many guys are going to carry, but um, you could have, you know, theory, somebody like Bubba or somebody like that. And, um, and Solaire, he's still in the fight too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, Solaire, you could always put in the outfield. Um, so you got options out there too. Yeah, definitely a much tougher path for an offensive player to make contributions with what the, yeah. the roster shakes out to be. Yeah, and speaking of roster construction, they've already kind of made some moves to, to kind of show us where they're headed in the direction of at least the rotation where they don't need a fifth starter until I think April 16th. Um, sending Bubich down, which everyone just kind of assumes is the fifth starter. Uh, how do you see them using that extra roster spot for the first couple of weeks? Uh, filling out the roster there I think the the last um, I remember hearing was that it was probably looking like to start the season they were probably going to go 13 and 13 so and that means you know you got the four starters um, and I'm trying to remember was it uh, was that the last was that the last uh, last podcast you guys did I, I feel like I was listening to you guys uh, sort of go back and forth about this. Maybe. We, we, <laughs> I, we took some stabs at uh, what the rotation might look like in that bullpen. And it's kind of, I think I landed on Jake Newberry kind of grabbing that last spot, but that was and also assuming Jake that Junis, over Junis. I had Jake Brintz over Junis as well. I didn't, well, the way they keep talking about Junis, like no, I think Junis is keep gonna be there. Out. he's going to be there one way or another because, yeah. okay. um, so I think, I mean, so really you got four starters. I think Junis is going to be there, even if he's going to be in the bullpen to start the season yep. or be like the extra swing guy or whatever. So, so that's five guys right there on the pitching staff. Um, no, I have it like in front of me, but I'm thinking, okay, so just thinking out loud, uh, you got Holland, you got Stalmont, you got um, Han, uh, I think Wade Davis is definitely uh, the. It was it was pretty clear the way they were talking about him from early on because at first I was like, well, he's gonna sort of be like where last year, um, you know, like Holly and uh, and Trevor, they were sort of like you know, it was like, oh, well, we gotta wait and see. But it almost right. fe felt like with Davis, it was almost more of a he'd have to play himself off. Is sort of yep. like just the vibe I was getting. So it's so a minor league there. wink. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was, I mean, like, and they were all, you know, those, they, those guys were part of the contracts last year too. But um, yeah, I think there was more question there. Whereas with Davis, it seemed like it was almost, they were, they were expecting him. Right. I could be wrong on that, but yeah. Um, so, uh, so Davis, so that's, uh, we're that's at, eight. So what, nine now, right? Nine. The five, yep. the five, and then um, Zimmer probably. But, Zimmer, yeah, Barlow, Zimmer, Barlow. Um, so that's uh, so we're up to Junis already. Six bullpen guys, and probably looking yeah. at nine, um, including if you're including Junis and that. So that's but, like um, Love Lady, Irvin Santana, uh, Newbury, Brintz. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I feel like 
Santana might be part of that too. It seems Just like because it, yeah. the way they've done, at least in the last couple of weeks, where they've been like, okay, we want to see what he looks like on short notice coming out of the bullpen um just you know like not a whole lot of time to get ready and how it looks and it's looked pretty good um so and he's one of those ones who's on the minor league contract so mm-hmm. um i think him and Junis is going to be interesting to see how they play that though because i think they yeah. think of both of them the same way where they need multiple innings but they might also use them in short outings but so like right now i'm thinking santana might also be there um we can might so finally that, get our uh, pitcher by committee that we've been clamoring for, where everybody <laughs> gets about three to four innings apiece. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd go all that. Far, but <laughs> that, that, that only leaves what, like one spot left then. Yep. Um, and Brad Brack also in the. I would. I, uh, I thought him after his first couple of outings, but yep. the last couple have been rough. So I'm like, uh, since um, I pretty much said he was in good, guaranteed. really good shape, he went really <laughs> far south. So there it is, clearing waivers bump. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I thought because I, I, I remember I, I I wrote the time we talked to him, and I wrote like maybe the next day or something like that. I remember his next outing. I was like, I'm glad I wrote that one early. <laughs> <laughs> Might be sitting in that dashboard um, for a little bit. Yeah, but um, but I mean, it's probably going to play out this last week how he looks might decide it. Um, yeah. But because uh, I know they like you know the fact that he comes at him from a different with a different look coming out from a different arm slot coming sidearm, um, and the first couple of things look good, and he was talking about finding some things. Um, so I don't think he's definitely out of it. Um, but they also, you know, we talked about Love Lady. Um, he's talked about how good he yeah. looked and how, you know, they've definitely been giving him chances to show, you know, what he can do, um, take longer looks at him. Um, they've talked about how much different he looks from last year. So but the thing is, is like, and he said this last year and he did it when they, when they did the bullpen last year. And he said it again this year. He's like, he doesn't care if he's a left-hander. He's not just taking the guy to be a left-hander just because he's left-handed. Like he's, right. Mm-hmm. That's not a uh, thing anymore. Yeah. He's got to get he's, guys out. Exactly. So last year, I remember him saying that. We we're sort of like, ah, well, we'll see. He's not going to actually, you know, just do a bullpen without any lefties at all. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so he, he, he's shown he'd do it. So he'd do it again. If that's not the best. <laughs> not you know, scared. That's not the guy. So, um, but I think, so like Love Lady, I think, got a shot at that spot. I think. Rock's got a shot at that spot. Um, Newberry might have a shot at that spot. Um, so I think it's it's probably it might be those you know like those three. That, I mean, yeah, I mean, guy like Prentice could be in that discussion too. So I mean, but I think it's all just like one spot. Assuming Santana is going to be there, yeah, it's really like one spot. And I wanted to, um, you know, today was an off day, so we didn't really we didn't talk to anybody today. They were dark today, but. Um, it was the, I mean, because I'm just getting back out here to Arizona. So I was here early and then right about after the first game they played, I came back to KC. So I, like, I've really seen like the, the radar readings and stuff like that. But when they yeah. played the Salt River Fields and they had the um, the stat cast, full stat cast. And yeah. I remember them talking about Hernandez, but like Hernandez was, it was hitting 100. Yeah, coming out that bullpen, and I'm like, I, I wanted, I, I didn't yet, but to ask if that changes some of the plan on that, because I asked right. early, I asked early, and the 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 word was, well, with those young guys, they want to keep them stretched out, want to keep them looking at them as starters, so they're using all their pitches and not sort of like you know when you get to that bullpen, you might just get down to where you're only using one, you know, two pitches, two or three, and, yep. and the other ones sort of fall by the wayside, um, but. You coming out throwing like that? Yeah. I don't know if that changes some plans or not. Right. I might change my plan. Is that, is, that, <laughs> is that the same gun that was hitting Irvin Santana at 97, though? I got big questions about that gun, <laughs> if, they, if that's what they're saying. Yeah. I like that's fair. Pumping something in that Gatorade that morning or something. But, I mean, kind of to that, though, I mean, I think everybody assumed when Bubich went down that whenever his – the fifth spot was needed he would be the guy to step in because he was in the rotation last year but some of these you know, quotes that are coming out now from the coaches 
and training people are like, he needs to go fix some stuff and clean some stuff up because he's not at that level that he was last year. Is there a chance a Lynch or Coar or a Irvin Santana or Junis has kind of passed him up in the running to get that fifth spot in the rotation when they need it? I think there's a chance. I mean, depending on how things play out. I mean, like if um, if if they feel like Tunis finishes up this last week looking good and, you know, maybe he gets in and outing, does multiple innings, you know, sort of like um, like thinking back to like last year where the Hernandez, you know, like Hernandez was pitching in relief for Harvey and then all of a sudden they said, hey, he, you know, had to come in, gave, you know, two-plus strong innings. Like, okay, let's take a look at this as a start. And whereas, you know, with Junis, you already know <laughs> that, he, that he's done it before. Yeah. And he added the cutter this year. And so um, I think, like, I, I don't I don't think it's decided yet. I think it's going to be one of those things where, you know, you've got multiple options because you can say, okay, well, um, depending on how it's going to fall, Junis might be the guy that you give a start to, or, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if Santana still would be, be in that or not, but he could be a guy you give a start to. You've got Bubich, um, Lynch perhaps. So, I mean, you've got multiple guys. Um, and I'm not sure if, you know, like they've, they've said that they've talked about it, but they haven't, you know, actually said anything about coming to a decision on six man. Cause at some mm-hmm. point they might want to start stretching guys out and giving extra days. And I feel like, you know, um, Keller, Duffy, and Miner are probably going to be the guys who stay on their regular, but then they could, you know, start giving extra days to the other guys if they want to throw yep. in the sixth guy. So um, there's a lot of different ways that thing could look. But um, I think the other thing is, and we're probably not going to have a good idea about, is uh, whether or not, like, how these fixes and the things that they want Bubich to work on, how those are going, because that's probably going to happen you know, out of, out of sight for right. everybody. So um, we, we won't really know what Bubich is, you know, how that's coming along until they decide that, you know, he's ready. And then, then they decide to, uh, you know, bring him back and put him in there. So, yeah. hmm. um, but I wouldn't be, I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked either way that went, whether that meant Bubich is the guy who comes back up and plugs right in because he's been doing, you know, they've been seeing what they've been need, needed to see, you know, over at the alternate site. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they decide Junis, you know, has uh, looked good, they feel confident in him. And and he's, I mean, as much as everybody says, hey, that, that slider needs to be in the bullpen, I mean, he's the guy who's giving you more innings in any way, the last like three years, like I keep mentioning that because yeah. this year is just going to, you know, is the year where you just don't know what innings are going to look like or where you, you just know you're going to need a lot of them. It's like, well, he's pitched more innings than Keller the last couple of years. Like, it's just, <laughs> I, I mean, and he, you know, he's, he had more, you know, you go back to, you know, Keller's first year, Keller was pitching out of the bullpen when he yep. first got here. So, um, Junis was started that whole year, starter the next year. You know, they both had COVID last year, so they were both, you know, sort of all over the place. Um, but, you know, and Junis pitched more innings. I mean, like, there was that that uh, 2019 season. I remember, Keller was one full season in the rotation, which, you know, not nothing against him, but it's just, you know, like, it seems like a lot of people are quick to – you know, forget it's like you've got one full season in the rotation not yeah. like you know it hasn't been two it's been one full season and that one they shut down early they shut the innings, down, yeah. you know so it's like he looks the part and uh, yeah i mean i think he's he's going to be that guy at some point but it's just like you know we're all sort of just sort of penciling it in like it's automatic this year and i mean not, like again not that i'm hoping for anything against them but it's just like that's we're making a leap there. Right. <laughs> like everybody's everybody's making that leap together. I'm sort of like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's interesting. So. I I mean, that's something I would have never, I never thought of. I I'm that guy that's definitely got Keller pinned in with marker. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, so I, that's a good point. That's a really good is. point. He is, and, and that's the thing is that I, it seems like it, just the way that it's been talked about so far. Like, I think they might still keep him on that same every fifth day, just like Keller. I mean, just like Duffy and minor, even though those right. guys obviously have more track record, more innings built up, but it sounds like that they're thinking about keeping him on that same every fifth day. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
if it comes to point where you need some innings, like Judas seems like uh, um, yeah, just you know a guy who's got him on uh, on his resume. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's making starts. You know, um, whether that's in five man or six man look or you know, um, just just makes sense. But this is going to be a weird year with pitching. <laughs> yep. True story. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I forgot about, you know, just because the inning number that sometimes you might actually want a six starter in there just to keep everyone's innings a little bit down this year. Yeah. And with that, um, so the last couple of years, Royals uh, kind of not the uh, year all the fans always want. We're kind of struggling to get some W's. And now even this year, the experts have them kind of pinned down a little bit below 500, maybe 500 at best. But have you been able to get a sense possibly where the players have a feeling with, that they are being underestimated and they're just re- ready to get going right out of the gate to put people wrong? Well, I think they um, – two things. One, I think they definitely feel like their their expectations are higher than that. Um, than you know, um, to be – I'm trying to think. Like I've seen projections that are like you know around 71, 74. Yep. I think I think they feel like they're better than that. Um, and when you mentioned about coming out of the gate, I think that's that's going to be critical because I I've already heard. I'm trying to remember who it was who said it. Whether it was uh, I'm trying to remember if it was Wit or I feel like somebody mentioned it earlier. Just like getting off to a good start because the last couple of years. You know, I mean, like last year with the short season and when they had, you know, no starting pitchers for like a week or a year and a half into the season, it was um, like three you know, and 13 all, start or something. Yeah. Like that. And it was just, you know, and then if you go back to 2019, like the bullpen in that first month of April, was, mm-hmm. oh, it was. <laughs> oh, and my so God. Like I just, totally put that, that on just, my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and but that that's just sort of like, you know, that that puts you just. It was like you you gave everybody a head start that year um, yeah. and then started playing. And so um, I feel like uh, that's the other part of that is like getting off to a good start. It feels like it, it's something that uh, is going to be important for them because because they do feel like they should be better than what, you know, what the projections are. Um, I mean, I think Wits at it point blank that, the, the, their goal is playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. they, they want to compete for the division. They want to be in the playoffs. Um, I think Salvi said that they should be in the playoffs. I mean, I think with, uh, you think at some of the moves they made this offseason, it wasn't just like, okay, we're going to bring in a guy who maybe can play and maybe can hold a spot for a little while. It was like, no, they went out and got guys who, you know, put up numbers, guys who, you know, veteran guys, established guys. So I think that for them, the expectation is high. And then, you know, Matheny, Matheny, shoot, he never wants to hear anything about like, you know, not competing for, you know, (laughs) that's not in his mind. I think it it was like, you know, I remember when they were mathematically eliminated last year, but up until that day, he wasn't talking about off season, like you know, when we have like a few right. He wasn't talking about no off season, no future, no nothing. It was like it was like he would not even, you know, um, he would not even like you know, think of or start discussions about what you know, looking ahead to next year. Like, nah, no, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Even if they had to win out, it was that he was not going down that road. So, um, yeah, he's he's. He's not going to be like, oh, we playing for third. Like that's not it. Right. <laughs> um, now, when people have asked me, I, I've just been like, like, I don't know. It's hard to predict or to say like the expectation from the outside is that okay, they're going to be you know like whatever eighty five wins or something like that. It's like because the last time we saw them in the full season, they lost a hundred. And then last year's, uh, last year's, like, if you took what their pace was, I think that that's basically what some of the predictions were this year was like, you stay on that pace, you get to like 71, 72 wins. Yeah. So to go from that to like, to say, okay, the expectation is, you know, again, like I say, as an outsider, you know, to say, okay, well, you got to expect a 10 plus win improvement. Mm-hmm. That, to me, that's a big jump. I mean, yeah, they've yeah. made additions and everything. And it's just, but again, the, I think the pitching is a question mark to just because of the circumstances this year. So to say, expectate, you know, right out right out the gate, we expect 
10 plus more wins and anything below that is like, you know, they didn't do what they're supposed to do. That's just sort of a hard leap for me to make, but, Mm -hmm. um, but they, you ask them, (laughs) you ask them and they're like, we're supposed to be trying to win the division. Right. And that might answer my question here. My next question here, we we've kind of talked about it amongst ourselves a little bit, but it seems like we've got a couple candidates that we kind of thrown out in there, but we're looking for, who is the player that's kind of got that the player or coach is kind of where I'm headed with this. Who's got that. We're going to call it the mama mentality where you're not necessarily negative, but you might be a little bit of an asshole about like you've seen success. You see what it looks like and you see what it doesn't look like. And is there a guy in there that kind of brings that edge, brings that chip? Uh, We kind of maybe think a little bit about shields having that back in 2014, uh, maybe Gordo and Moose back in those 14, 15 runs. Uh, the guys are just there to work. They have their focus set on one thing only, playoff baseball, and uh, and no, anything else is an absolute failure. Who is that guy in this clubhouse? Well, I think like the, the mentality, and it's it's sort of weird too because like you know this is you know last year this year won't ever actually get to go into a clubhouse to right. see. Right, you, might, you might not be able to see much of but, that, yeah. Um, the first person just on mentality that comes to mind is wit. Yep. But the, the way you phrase it also makes me take a step back because the way you phrase it was, this is what it looks like. Like, if you're talking about winning as a team – he has that he hasn't been part of that yet right. to be able to say this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas there are some guys on that team, I just don't know. Like, a lot of them are like newer guys, so um, wit comes to mind, and also because he's you know taken on more of a vocal presence with that team the last couple of years. I yeah. know he was real close with Gordo, and like it was almost, I mean. It, you know, never actually happens this way, but it's almost like it was passed from Gordo to him in yeah, some way. Yeah. Like even to the point of like last year when you know when Gordo came out of left field in that last game, it was Wit who moved over and like took him out, sort of thing. Like in a lot of ways, I feel like mm. it was almost a um, you know passing uh, of the torch, pa- passing of the. Uh, but um, but when you talk about actually having been through it and seen it and done it, like you know just factually what hasn't done that but i think he's got that mentality now the other person who comes to mind because again just off of that wording like because he was part of it and was there and did it and just and i haven't been around him but just from what other people say is that dyson is that guy in terms of the clubhouse setting the uh, tone um telling guys you know how things are supposed to look because he was on a world championship team. He's been in that role where he wasn't like, you know, um, necessarily an everyday guy and, but was still had a big part in that, in that team. And he's an older guy. So he's been around. Um, Again, I haven't seen it. I've really seen it firsthand because I wasn't here when he was here before, but from everything I hear, it sounds like he's that type of guy, at least that's, and that's part of the reason that they brought him in was to be that type of guy. Yeah. And that he's, you know, um, be real good about talking to guys about like you know what how things are supposed to be done the way you're supposed to approach stuff how he learned or approach stuff and because he had to learn that when he was younger and I think when we had the press conference when he officially signed again um, talking about um, having to learn from guys like Mitch Meyer and different guys mm-hmm. about like you know this is how you have to think of things um, and he seems like he's really willing and anxious to pass that on to different guys. And because he's you know, played on the teams he's played on, um, I think he's definitely a guy. I hadn't really thought about, you know, it coming from the coaching staff or anything until you just mentioned it. Um, but Matheny's another guy. Like, that, that's mm-hmm. Matheny's mindset, you know, from the jump is like, this is how <laughs> right. things are supposed to be. Um and it was funny when I asked Matheny um, about Dyson because, uh, you know, they were talking about all the different sort of like intangibles with Dyson and um, and he talked about just his way he could lighten stuff up in the clubhouse too. Because yep. Matheny, and for Matheny to actually say it too, Matheny was the one who said like, 
Dyson's going to be able to sort of like, you know, bring some energy and like, you know, make more and basically make it more fun in there, make sure guys are having fun. And Matheny's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not necessarily the guy who does the fun. Uh, right. <laughs> That's what Matheny's saying. And I was sort of like, I was like, did I just hear you say that Dyson's going to teach you how to have fun? But yeah, he's going to bring at least some swagger for sure. Yeah. So Dyson's it's dripping swagger. Uh, it's it, it'll be interesting again. I would I wish we had. I mean, and you only see so much even when you are in there. But I wish we were able to see a little right. bit more about how that that plays out. But I could see multiple guys, you know, sort of having a piece of that. Like I think, you know, it was funny how the way you said like a guy who could sort of be that um, a hole. Um, I think Melly wrote a column or he wrote something on Wit um, when he was in Arizona, talking about how Wit knows that you know. He sort of can be a little bit of a jerk. And like that was the whole calm. Like it was a whole thing about Whit being a jerk. <laughs> and so I didn't really think about that again until you yeah. said that. But um it seemed like Whit had that capacity. And he, like you said, he did step forward the last couple of seasons, kind of seemed like that guy that was kind of just, I mean, the first quote that comes to mind when he was like, I'm sick of losing. I'm sick of losing. And I was oh, like, yeah. that's a dude that's not that's not, not not here to lose any more games. So it seemed like he was the guy that kind of came to mind first, but yeah, it, when you start talking about Matheny and his mentality of not not even like entertaining the thought of next season until it was absolutely official that that it was over, uh, that made a lot of sense too. So I'm glad yeah. that it's coming from a multiple like a multiple guys. Yeah. Well, and that, then, I mean, yeah, I mean, and like I say, Dyson, and then, I mean, and the other one, and it's just it's hard because you know they've got so much stuff going on, but and I'm not sure how much. Um, how much of a, a vocal guy, like in that sense, like, you know, rallying the team sort of thing is, but I mean, right. like you gotta, you, I mean, you look at a guy like Salvi, I mean, yeah. he was, he was in the, the thick of that you know, when they were winning. He's, he's always in the thick of things because of the position he plays, he was the world series MVP. I'm, I, mean, I, th- I think it's just hard with the catcher because he's got so many different things going on with pitch and staff. And, you know, For and sure. So, um, but he's he definitely could be that guy i just don't know if that's um his personality the sort yeah. of you know he doesn't seem like the like a-hole that. he yeah. seems like the he's the heart and soul yeah because he's just having he's so much a-hole. fun you know right <laughs> he's a happy dude unless you're pimping a home run and then it's a problem but i mean that's the only time <laughs> i've seen him really fired up uh, so but yeah so i think there's a couple of different guys um yeah and you know but yeah i just it was it was interesting to me just because I'm thinking, well, if, if it, if you're thinking it's gotta be somebody who's been there before um, that sort of changes it a little bit. Sure. Because actually a lot of the guys, uh, bunch of the guys that they brought in have been there before, but I don't think yeah. the new guys, I don't think the new guys really are, you know, in that comfort level to come in and sort of be that right away. Right. I mean, right. But I mean, Santana, Benintendi, Michael Taylor, like they've all, you know, had a little bit of that, like, you know, been on part of teams that have gone, you know, either won titles or been in, in the running for a title. Um, so, uh, but it's different when you're, when you come there new, you know, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, yeah. you may have it, but you're not comfortable like jumping into mm-hmm. it for sure. Well, man, let's get you out on this here. Let's lighten it up. Last time we had you keep trade cut a couple of music artists. We're not going to take it uh easy on you again we're going to keep you in the keep trade cut realm um we've in the past we've done a draft of our favorite baseball movies and a lot of the uh movies that came up were kind of in that second third tier baseball movies that you think of not like the uh the bull durham's or the major league ones or field of dreams we're talking about second tier that we grew up nostalgia very much hitting us in the in the fields and stuff so uh we picked a couple <laughs> of those uh second and third tier movies I'm going to need you to keep one, trade one and cut one and then bring in another one of those. Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't, I, maybe the Sandlot, I see your shirt there. Maybe the I was going to say, I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's still top shelf, tier. I think. That's not second tier. No, no yeah, that's top shelf. The, I definitely got the you're killing me smells shirt yeah. going today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which we appreciate. We It feels like you dressed up for us. We appreciate that. <laughs> so you're going to keep one, you're going to trade one, and you're going to cut one of this trio here. We got rookie of the year. We got Major League Two, 
and Angel's in the outfield. And you're going to keep one, trade one, cut one, and you're trade for one another, second, third, fourth. I mean, depending on how far you want to go down the major league hole, maybe you want back to the minors in it. But well, you're going to trade for one of these <laughs> movies as well. Um, I'm keeping Rookie of the Year. Okay. Um, I'm cutting Major League Two because I just I, that one Ooh. doesn't that one doesn't do it for me. <laughs> oh no! Um, it was going so well. I'm, I'm Thanks for coming on, Lynn. We got to cut big, you off there. That's not. <laughs> I'm big on Major League the original, but Major League Two I just not. Uh, I mean, like, I'll, I'll oh, still no. watch it, but it's just not. It's not. <laughs> It, it ain't it. It ain't it. I'm sorry. Yep. Oh sorry. my god, it. Rube Baker. I Rube mean, Baker not... is the best character of all time. Oh my god, that's terrible. Well, but I mean, <laughs> I've already said I'm keeping Rookie of the Year, so like the other ones are just getting traded or cut anyway. So, sure, and, sure, sure, uh, sure. Angels in the outfield is like it's not a bad one, but I feel like I gotta trade that for some better. I gotta try mm-hmm. and get some better on that one. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I said, Major League Two just was not. Not quite oh, doing no. it, especially in comparison to the first one. That's the thing. It's like it, because it's major league, it, it's automatically compared to the first one. That's sure. I mean, and I have uh, probably not so much recently, but like for years, especially when I was covering minor league ball, I would sit there every game and just spout off major league lines. Like you know, <laughs> um, it was you know, and I mean when I when I was I worked in Binghamton for like five and a half, like parts of six season. Every time, like people, and it was a few people who sat near me all the time. Like they knew at least once a game, somebody hits a pop up, you're going to hear, oh, Rexy, this one yep. ain't got the distance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I was, I, you know, that one, or like, you know, somebody just launches one, it's too high, too high. Yeah, too high. <laughs> Way too high. <laughs> They're just going to hear all sorts of stuff, like from, you know, I, it was just an automatic. So, sure. And two doesn't, two doesn't measure up. I'm sorry. Sorry. I mean, I feel like you could definitely get one. Like if one, one gets hit out in the right field, he's going to need a rocket up his ass for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's also very, very quotable as well. Yeah, Everybody on this not... podcast entitled their own opinion. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure what, what I would trade. Um, I guess it depends on what falls into that. Uh, that's what we're calling second tier. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of baseball movies. Um, to uh to potentially trade for and what we call in second tier um mr baseball <laughs> mr 3000 trouble with Just, the curve oh god is that is that is that, is that, is that second tier i think that's like I third or fourth i think i was gonna say because like there's movies that aren't really great movies but like i'd still oh yeah for whatever reason, like you know, there's certain baseball movies that I, I just like, whether it's just you know, certain connections or something like that. Like, oh, um, yeah, all nostalgia, you know, no quality. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just you know, I mean, like, I, I do like Trouble with the Curve. Um, you know, Summer, summer Catch, Summer Catch, like, you know, um. Trying to think, well, what's another one that's in that second or shoot? That's probably third tier. <laughs> that's, that's probably third tier. But yeah, I mean, I'd still take those over Angels in the Outfield for some reason. Like Angels in the Outfield is just more of a, like a kids movie to me, you know. Sure. I mean, even though, and I mean, I'm keeping Rookie of the Year, so I'm you know, sitting there yeah, saying that's that. a coming <laughs> of age, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But that's fair. Yeah, I, I that was leaning Bad News Bears type of movie. That's what. Uh-huh. That's what I. That's what I like. Billy Bob's the, uh, is probably second or third. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that one's yeah, that's gotta be third tier. Um I was gonna say maybe <laughs> yeah. the um the what's the one is it uh the 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 one where they go to Houston to let them play? That's probably not on the first year. That might be a that's, second tier one. Is that breaking training? Is that breaking training? Yeah, breaking training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. that's probably second tier. Like, so yeah, I, that, I, I that's, a, that. that's a that's a solid second tier because it can't yeah. be on the first tier with the with the, the original. But that's that's a solid second tier one. I was so I jealous know. of them playing on that AstroTurf. No kidding, man. <laughs> <laughs> that looks so cool. Yeah, so there's probably a bunch of second tier, and then the third tier ones. Like I said, you know those. Those aren't good movies, but you know you, you find something to like about some of those. Oh, <laughs> oh, 100%. yeah. Big time. Well, that's probably all we got for you tonight. Uh, this-
least we'd we'd love to obviously have you back on but uh, it's always a great time to talk to you get a little bit of uh, picking of your brain a little bit there um so we do really appreciate you coming on lynn uh again if you guys need to check out i highly recommend lynn's work at the kc star kcstar.com or kansascity.com or you can follow him over at, on twitter at lworthy sports um go check out his work 100% as well as support all those great journalists over at the Kansas city star. But uh, Lynn, again, thank you very much for coming on, man. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was fun guys. So yeah, great stuff from Lynn. We appreciate it once again uh, for taking the time to talk to us here in the clearing waves podcast. Uh, Definitely go check out Lynn and all the other great journalists at the Kansas city star, like I said, Uh, but we're here, we're here to do some shenanigans. We've got some great uh, who asked you, that we're going to get into but first we got to hit that sweet sweet theme song baby so you reply to my tweet on one hot take and i'm like who asked you so we intercepted some questions from the internet that weren't necessarily uh meant for us but boy how do are we going to answer them uh first one is going to come from uh 610 sports own c dot harrison carrington harrison uh gave us a question called question of you get a lifetime supply of any non-alcoholic drink beverage what are you going to choose kitty i'm gonna start with you what do you got for your non-alcoholic beverage uh i was just thinking about this and i have i drink so little outside of water and alcohol it's Mm. quite surprising i mean basically almond milk water and beer is my diet of liquids (laughs) (laughs) you got a lactose thing like me I just, it doesn't, uh, the almond milk lasts longer. You know, like sometimes you get ah. the, uh, yeah. milk, cow milk spoils too quickly sometimes. So I have, yeah, to have something that lasts a little longer. Uh-huh. So, but my non-alcoholic beverage, I'm going to go probably something that people are going to think I'm a damn crazy person for, but I'm doing white grapefruit juice. Give me mm. a lifetime supply of white grapefruit juice. Don't need the ruby red. Don't need that sweetness mucking up my grapefruit. It's grapefruit for a reason. He's supposed to be all tart and sour and get you going so get that's right my there. choice get you right. right there Yikes. white grapefruit juice all right yes very specific Up- well, plus i can uh mix it with my vodka so i get so yep. i got a mixer involved with my i, mean, uh, I figured that was the only reason mm-hmm. <laughs> i just drink it by itself really delicious. okay oh yeah delicious all right brian get myself yeah. when, I get, when i get that ham steak at breakfast instead of the bacon Ugh, we sausage, don't so. we don't we're not talking about that anymore that's <laughs> That is not going to work on this podcast. Well, I'm, I'm right there with Kitty. There's not a whole lot of things outside of water and beer and alcohol that I that I consume beverage-wise. But there is one that I must have, and that's coffee. If mm. I could get roastery coffee for life, I feel like that's what I need because I'm basically a walking zombie in the morning until I've had some <laughs> coffee. Probably not real pleasant to interact with either. So I think it's going to help everyone around me if I just have this lifetime <laughs> supply of coffee at my disposal did you hear that roastery clearing where podcast <laughs> needs you, your coffee on a on a <laughs> lifetime supply basis it'll be cheap <laughs> come on <laughs> um i had to really fight an inner battle within me to get on my soapbox and talk about the impending water shortage that we're going to come in whereas water is going to be just an absolute uh, uh commodity to to buy and sell on a black market but we're not here for negativity. So we're going to keep it fun. And I'm going to call Pepsi up and say, Pepsi, I know you got the recipe back in your Rolodex. Go find me and bring me a lifetime supply of Pepsi Blue. I'm the only person on earth that likes <laughs> Pepsi Blue. And that's what I need from you. So you're going to need to deliver me a lifetime supply of Pepsi Blue. What? I don't even know what that is. It, it's, it was a limited time. Apparently so but it was brings back a whole wave of nostalgia where worries wor- worries were not a thing. Like the biggest worry was an impending quiz or something. It, it was very worry free. So I mean, bring me back some wild nostalgia. cherry Pepsi. If you're going to bring back a Pepsi, it's, I it thought you were going to go. I thought you're going to go crystal Pepsi. No, I didn't know. I'm, I'm too young for that. <laughs> okay. I was like, wild cherry Pepsi didn't go anywhere. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't want any Pepsi. Blue. I just Pepsi blue. I've never even heard of it. it pepsi one or whatever that one calorie stuff is let's go to coke and get surge back 
Serge didn't go anywhere either. You really are out of the soda. You can't pop find game. Serge at a grocery out of the store. store. You He's can go to Walmart game. right now and get 16s of Serge. You're out of your mind. Tall boys, if you will. <clears throat> oh, lies. Next question <laughs> from Next. at Baseball America, which is a close friend of ours, sent us a personal question asking <laughs> us who we think will be the bounce back player of the year for baseball this year. I'm going to go, well, I've got two answers, so I'm going to, I'm going to leave it for you. Brian, you're going to lead off here. What do you got? I think it's an obvious one, and I think it's Nolan Arenado. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a bad 2020, only hit 253 with a 303 on base percentage. His, low, his worst year of his career outside of his first year, 84 OPS plus. I mean, that's bad for Nolan Arenado. He gets out of that nightmare situation that they put on themselves. They they signed him to this huge deal and then basically immediately made him unhappy and wanted to unload him. So he gets to hit the reset button. God dang it. It's in St. Louis, but I think he's <laughs> going to hit the reset button in a hard way and come back strong. It's, I, I was shocked when I saw his baseball reference page. He's won a gold glove every year of his career, eight yep. straight years, gold glove. Like that's I think most of those are platinum gloves too. Good God. I mean, He's and he's a career good. he's a career 120 OPS plus hitter yeah. to go along with eight-time gold <laughs> glover. So God, they got such a deal pulling him in St. Louis. So mm-hmm. I think Nolan Arrow comes back in a big way and is probably getting MVP votes this year. Oh yeah. I think that's absolutely right. And he yeah. does have an opt-out after this year, too. And he's already said he's so happy there he's not leaving. Well. Well, when the rest of the team is trash around him, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> opt out he would have to opt out out of the remaining seven uh, that probably includes this season so six seasons and like 180 million he'd have to opt out of that's a tough opt out yeah it is (laughs) but he is only i think he's only 29 so he's probably this is probably his last chance to get a payday right well nowadays nobody's gonna pay him when he's 38 years old well if he opts out he can get a big deal right Right, he can get another only eight, chances 10 next, years for sure. He's going to be 30 this year. Okay, makes sense. Kitty, who's your uh, bounce back, comeback player? Uh, always, I always want Giancarlo Cruz mm. Michael Stanton to bounce back, but sure. not saying it's going to happen. Might be waiting for a while for that bounce back. But I'm going to go with Chris Bryant. He was absolutely okay. putrid last year. <laughs> 206, 293, 351. I mean – that is bad. <laughs> Not good. I mean, he. I mean, sure. Obviously, short in season. He only played thirty-four games. Anyway, four home runs in those thirty-four games. So, coming off a thirty-one homer season in twenty nineteen. So, and I think he was probably unhappy too. So maybe this is his chance to uh, one last hurrah. Try to work something out. Show him. Show the Cubs. He's still a, a damn fine player, and possibly stick it to him by leaving in the off season, or right. hopefully forcing a trade maybe he uh he's got the the two prongs the not a great performance and he didn't play a very full season so i think that's a solid candidate for sure always a candidate for the dl too always yeah (laughs) contract year undefeated again uh best year so many you kind of scared me a little bit because i'm also going with a cub i went with old anthony rizzo he had a career low uh, weighted runs created of 103. I mean, it's still above average OPS of 70.55. But his K rate and his walk rate largely remained the same. His batted ball profile largely remained the same. But his BABIP was 218. Yeah. Usually you want to, I mean, usually they say about it is where uh, most players get a good sample size from that. And 218 is crazy, crazy town. Um, he's going to be 31 years old, so I don't think he's going to start quite falling off a cliff for his age at any point. <clears throat> and I don't think he competes for an MVP award. Don't get me wrong here. Uh, but I think that whole lineup bounces back, like Kitty said. I think that whole Cubs lineup is going to be good, which is going to eventually bolster Rizzo's numbers as well. And uh, from a personal standpoint, he's, again, a free agent at the end of this season, needs to get paid another another round. Um, I would love the Royals to get involved with that, but whatever. Uh, but I do think that Anthony Rizzo has a pretty good shot to uh, to bounce back from his numbers. Still played in like 58 of the 60 games last year, so 
it, no injury or anything to kind of account for. It's just purely off of performance. So we'll have to see how that all goes. Final question. Also, friend of the show, Mina Kimes, <laughs> ESPN personality, knows us personally. Sure. What's the stupidest? And this is a, absolutely a question for this podcast. What's the stupidest injury you've ever occurred? I'm going to go first. I sprained, I'm guessing I sprained my MCL slash ACL, just my knee in general, playing a stupid blackout uh, dr- drinking game. Pick <laughs> up a ball a little too aggressively and, and felt that pop. And uh, my first thought was, ow, that's probably not great. Second thought was, well, now I don't really feel great telling this story. <laughs> the people asking me why I'm walking with a limp. So that was my stupidest stupidest were you like twirling on the wiffle ball bat just nope i I mean blackout is kind of like you got the the opposing two cans on each side you got to throw the ping pong ball and you got to go grab the ball and put it on the yeah it's it's just a just a you hurt yourself playing beer pong basically been over too aggressively i mean who who, whomst amongst us (laughs) has done that who the the best among us have been taken down by absolute best of us have been but taken down by bending yeah jesus kitty what's your (laughs) stupidest injury i I was trying to think and this one happened recently i was at someone's house where they have a nice little push button against the wall for the toilet it's a little plastic piece and it (laughs) goes in and i pushed this plastic piece looked away and as i was moving my hand it got caught between the two plastic and i just cut the hell out of my finger right above the fingernail and i bled like a stuffed pig or stuck pig it was ridiculous how much blood was pouring out of my finger just from flushing a toilet that's good i mean that's a dumb injury that's gonna be tough to beat i had to get i band-aided up for a few days it was cut so perfectly oh those fancy toilets get you every time yeah, i mean just you can't just have a metal piece on the side of the toilet that oh. i push down just that's a i'm not i, I can't have the, the finer things in life nope. and me do not do not mix that's, that's got lawsuit written all over it <laughs> <laughs> can't be getting ble- bleeding from a pushing a toilet button oh, you God. wouldn't think so that, that was i'm sure it's a new one if anyone's else has that one of those in their house they didn't think that was a possibility watch out yeah (laughs) watch yourselves you never know when the toilet's ready to make you bleed Mm -hmm. (laughs) wow brian what try to top that oh well this this goes back to college and i wasn't even drinking at the time um moving into an apartment hooking up a washer and dryer and the dryer was hooking up to 220 volt and if you ever seen a 220 volt input the the prongs are kind of funky looking, right? They're, they don't look like a, a traditional thing, but they're bent. And so I was like, well, it's a weird, weird shape that I got to get this into. So my dumb ass is holding the prongs and bending them while I'm fitting it into the outlet. <laughs> and boy, it bit the hell out of my hand. I, <laughs> oh boy. And I just, I just sat there silently for a while, just like, how stupid am I? <laughs> I am holding metal while I'm sticking it into an outlet, a 220 outlet at that. Like I was, I was lucky I didn't really mess myself up. But yep. I think it just maybe just caught me and didn't get full, get it fully. But I've never felt dumber in my life. That's awesome. That's impressive. We're quite the crew here. Jesus. <laughs> Kitty, were you drinking for years? I'd had a couple beers in me at least, but okay. not enough to cut my hand on plastic. Sure. It wasn't <laughs> blood thinning at level, huh? Right. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Brian almost shocked himself to death. Kitty almost bled to death. And I, my knees just get out. So I don't know. I don't know which one of us loses or which one of us wins, but um, I know we're all stupid. So that's, that's a good. <laughs> That's a good thing that I think qualifies Mina. There's some pretty three, three probably really good submittals to your stupid, just your stupidness question. Mm -hmm. So uh, enjoy those Mina. We appreciate your submission. (laughs) I'm sure she will. Yep. She's going to hear about this for sure. Definitely. Um, 
that's going to do it for the Clearing Waivers podcast. Kind of short from us, but uh, again, we had a great interview with Lynn Worthy. Great, great. interview. So right? great. It's just great, great interview. Just so a great, great interview. Um, but we do appreciate him coming on. Check Again, go check him out at L Worthy Sports. Uh, you can follow us at Clearing Waivers at social media. Um, share it with a friend. Give us a like and subscribe. Uh, let us know how we're doing. All the usual mumbo jumbo that we go through. Let's just let's just end it. Everyone have a great week. Ta ta for now.